friends, lovers, psychonauts, here we are with the podcast <laughs> with my man, Mitch Schultz. What's going on, man? What's up, Jungle Brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So for those of you who have uh, never been on Netflix at all, ever, <laughs> then you may not know that Mitch Schultz is the uh, creator and director of DMT, The Spirit Molecule, which is one of the most wildly successful psychedelic documentaries ever to exist, I'd have to say. It's been a great ride, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, been it's, cool. It's, it's been three years now, um, next week, since the film has been out. And just looking back at that, wow, what an interesting ride. Uh, different people, different corners of the world, and, mm -hmm. and you know, now carrying forward into the work that we're doing together. That's so right. It's, uh, it's wonderful. That's right. Yeah, and check part it out of, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. But now we got a new pony in the race. Wachuma. We do. Yeah, so me and Mitch, you know, we went down, and I've told this story before. I told it on the JRE, and I've told some of it here. But the very first time we went down to see Don Howard at the Spirit Quest Sanctuary and take this little medicine called Wachuma. We didn't know shit about Wachuma. Thought yeah. it was a, you know, we didn't know much. But we brought some cameras down there, and we were going to figure it out. And uh, that's what we did. And let the cameras roll, and now we got a documentary out. I know, and it was. It was just kind of like, hey, we're going to feel this thing out. We knew that there was something there. We had a great group of people to come down, go down there with. And it was. It was like, let's just roll the cameras and see what we get. Um, mm -hmm. But what a yeah, pleasantly surprised. I'm happy as hell to get this thing out because this is the first project that I've put out since The Spirit Molecule. Um, and so sitting back down and editing and getting into that space, man, it was great. So. Yeah. Thanks for opening that up. Man. Oh, what for sure, man. <laughs> no sure. pun intended. Yeah, it was a really interesting kind of kind of way that it happened because, you know, we talked about some ideas, but really when we got down there, we just wanted to capture the experience. You know, we wanted to make sure that we were out of the way, you know, at least the, on the crew part. The crew was out of the way of what mm -hmm. was going on for the most part, and we were just there to witness and observe kind of everything that was going witness on. And witness and allow. <laughs> witness baby. and allow, baby. That's it. And... Um, <laughs> In doing so, we we ended up with this really kind of organic feel to to what we captured. Mm -hmm. You know, this kind of non-invasive um, feel of just being a part of the jungle and of the ceremony itself. One of the great um, things I think you even said it. This moving meditation, and in some ways, that really is what unfolded in the edit room, but also what we're getting back from people that mm -hmm. it, you know, they feel like they're, they've been able to go down into the forest and, and they could feel the medicine working through it. And that to me is probably the best feeling when you, when you, when you can transfer that into the viewing experience, uh, for the audience out there. And I feel like we kind of captured that essence of that medicine, or at least, at least a portion of it. So yeah, it was, sure. it was, it was magical, man. And, and, and what a great medicine now. Uh, seeing how people are responding to this uh -huh. um, and the interest that's starting to pop up. I and I think since you talked on Joe's show, I know. Um, you know, I heard, Howard I heard Don Howard, he's booked, <laughs> he's, booked. he's booked through January already, <laughs> you know, and probably after the documentary, it's just going to be, mm. it's just going to be slammed. But we kind of knew that was coming. Yeah. But it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, Wachuma comes from a uh, society who lived in a place called Shavin, which is the, really the cradle of pre- pre-Incan Andean civilization mm -hmm. and it was a sacrament that they offered you know to pilgrims who would come visit and, and people who lived in the area for about a thousand years and it was a thousand years of peace based on the archaeological records in the area which you know you got to think has something in great part due to Wachuma just based on that kind of feeling that we all got 
which is aligning ourselves with the greater good in this sense of brother and sisterhood, yeah. you know, that it, that it co-creates. Um, and it's that direct experience, you know, and I think that um, is kind of what's happening again with psychedelics, but mm-hmm. it's that direct mystical experience where you don't have that in between. You don't have to have, and that's Don Howard's whole thing. Mm-hmm. You need to feel this. You need to go through this and make your own decisions as to what this thing is. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it means and you need to experience it. You feel it. <laughs> yeah. He always says the, the medicine is the medium, not the message. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the, the conduit, the translator, <laughs> you know, and so as a McLuhan fan, I love that. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and really, really it felt like that. But so, so what I was getting at though, is this medicine, you know, thrived for a thousand years and, you know, ayahuasca was around the same time too, but ayahuasca has kind of that tradition carried on with a lot more tenacity than the Wachuma tradition. I mean, there's a couple of practitioners of, you know, San Pedro, which is what the church kind of came and they rebranded it so that it fit more within their their Catholic paradigm. But the traditional Wachuma way has largely been lost. I mean, there's Don Howard and maybe one or two Wachumeros out there in the world practicing in the archaic, you know, ancient Chavin way. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and it's... Uh... I'm, you know, I'm sitting here trying to figure out or think about, you know, why that would be, you know, what, what would cause the Wachuma to kind of go out of style, if you will, and, and, and ayahuasca to continue to, to flourish or at least hold on to some, some roots and, and kind of come back up. I think all these medicines, though, um, and Wachuma being one of them or San Pedro um, is probably of interest to a lot of people and mm-hmm. will probably continue to open up a lot more. It is a little bit tougher to get your hands on, so to speak, and, and be involved in that. But um it's one of those medicines, as we know, that just really taps you in. It's yeah. not not about seeing visions necessarily or this thing, but it's that it's that. Although you can see, you can see some shit. Grinch clouds, for God's sake! <laughs> that was real. It was real. Everyone I saw I a cloud s- that looked like a Grinch. We have pictures. It happened. We we have pictures. Photographic proof. <laughs> but it, but it gives you that. You're in the flow, yeah. right? I mean, I think you even mentioned that in the documentary that you are fully aligned with what's going on orally um, in between you know, the, the sounds and the taste and the feel and the everything just aligns. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you're working comfortably with it, man, it, it has some great insights. Absolutely. Great insights. I wonder if it has something to do with the location that, that it was at. I mean, if you're in the jungle, you know, and, and you're going to you're going to fuck with the tradition. You know, mm-hmm. let's say you're you're whatever force out there that wants to stop traditional, <laughs> you know, n- traditional native practices and instill it with your own. And you got a choice. You can either go talk to some people who live in the plains or the coast or the mountains, or you can fucking sweat it out <laughs> into the jungle, getting bit by mosquitoes or whatever. I mean, the jungle itself is kind of like this insulation for the ayahuasca practice. Mm. I mean, you got to really beat your way through the bush to get in there and start disrupting you know traditions whereas if it's something like wachuma you're like oh what are these guys doing it's a beautiful day let's go over there let's go over there and fuck that thing up that they're (laughs) doing out there so you know i think maybe the jungle acted as this kind of insulation to the ayahuasca medicine whereas you know the medicine in the mountains or the plains was a lot easier to access i'd love to be able to try that medicine in the mountains um and what that feel is i mean just the, the 
gosh, the loss of humidity or the you know the less humidity has a huge effect on you because you're just saying the sweat, but it also has that like breathing and that that you know going through that water and that earth thing that uh-huh. uh, that we that was part of that whole ceremonial aspect, but it. Uh, it's alive in a different way. I know. You know. And well, it, we got some brothers. Away. We got some brothers down there in the mountains and and, uh, and carrying the, through for us. On the coast, <laughs> yeah. Soldiering so, up. Yeah. What now? That whole thing is a pilgrimage that that starts out on the coast, doesn't it? And does it work its way up to mm-hmm. to the sacred uh, spot of the Shabin? Yeah. So starts on the coast in uh, Sikan and Mochi near, um, I think, a place called Chiclaya, where okay. they have these old pyramids. And there they do the Masada of power and the Masada of death. And then they go move on to Chavin de Huantar, and, which is out, I think, more in like the plains, like the, mm-hmm. the foothills of the mountains. And, uh, and then they do, you know, Masada of creativity and the Masada of ascension. So totally different program than what we saw. Because if you watch the documentary, you'll see it's focused on the, the main basic elements, mm-hmm. um, water, earth, and air, the lower, middle, and upper worlds. And that was, you know, an amazing ceremony. I've been through that twice now, uh, but it'd be really interesting. I, I couldn't make it happen <laughs> this yeah. time to get down there for the pilgrimage, but it'd be interesting to feel that different environment. And, you know, and that's, you know, if you're looking out at the, at the world, at the possible utopia that could exist, and you have this medicine like Wachuma that really connects you to your fellow humanity and the earth itself, you know, I'm like, imagine all the beautiful places you could do it. You know, wow. yeah. you know, at a waterfall, <laughs> at a, the top of a mountain, at the, you know, all of these places all over the world, if these oppressive forces weren't uh, restricting where we could do it, but it's, you What know, oppressive forces are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> um, our own, <laughs> own minds, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, such an interesting medicine. What, what, what characterizes that, you know, that medicine to you, if you were going to describe, you know, personally what, what Chuma is? for you yeah um to me there's there's this really strong telepathic element to it um and that telepathy comes through the environment and through through nature and to me even more so than ayahuasca does where even beyond the experience and even coming back home you know two weeks a month later uh my my mind's open and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's picking up on things maybe a second before it happens or minutes or even days and there just seems to be a wider view of the world uh, but also a more focused view and i know that sounds a little paradoxical but it 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 opens you up and also kind of brings you into this center um where where that flow is just just right um you know compared to the ayahuasca there is more of a uh, a cleaning out and Mm -hmm. and as it gets into your little crevices inside of you that's holding a certain energetic field or whatever. Um, it, it's more of an emotional thing uh, than the, than the, uh, than the Wachuma. Uh, mm-hmm. The Wachuma is more of this, man, it's, it, it's ineffable brother. <laughs> you yeah, know, how yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. how do you end up putting the words to it? it it's hard. I, I guess the, the telepathic element to me, I guess is a big signature, but you know, for the ayahuasca, it's more of an emotional cleansing and, and kind of cleaning out of, old destructive behaviors and, and thought processes and stuff. So, yeah, it's almost like the ayahuasca is bringing out, I think one of the reasons why ayahuasca is so effective and, and that's another documentary that we have coming, coming up, <laughs> coming up because we rolled the cameras there for that. One of the reasons the ayahuasca is so effective at cleansing and is that 
it's working on both the physical and the psycho-spiritual elements of toxicity that you may have, those thought patterns and those things. You know, the DMT is in there and it's working hard on, you know, reprogramming the, that circuitry that's creating these patterns and thought patterns and, uh, you know, grief pockets and anger pockets and whatever else you have in your psyche. You know, it's working to release that and connect you with whatever that other thing is out there that dmt connects you with we have a lot of terminology for that but at the same time the vine part you know the copy the cascavel is going through your body and working to eliminate the physical residue of all that as well you know because i really believe in that connection between your thoughts having some you know physical residue whether it's mm -hmm. happy thoughts having a positive residue or these negative depressive thoughts having uh, a negative residue on your body and it's working on both elements. And I think that's why it's like really the great cleansing medicine mm -hmm. of the world because it's hitting both simultaneously. You're purging everything either out of your ass or your mouth. <laughs> and at the same time, it's cleaning, <clears throat> you know, cleaning that, cleaning up what's going on in your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, looking at the two projects now and the two times that we've been down there. And now that we're in the edit room with the ayahuasca stuff compared to the Wachuma. The, the experience of cutting that, <laughs> completely mm -hmm. different. Story, the feel, the look. There, there are gonna be some commonalities there because we're at the same location, we're working with a lot of the same people, but that signature of the medicine obviously is, is completely different. And I, and I think people are gonna see that once the film, you know, the eye apart comes out compared to what the Wachuma is. Um, just the element too of this kind of that meditative, that moving meditation kind of thing, uh, as mm -hmm. opposed to just getting your ass kicked and cleaned out by, by ayahuasca, <laughs> seeing the emotional dump of everything, uh, past childhood traumas all the way up to whatever's going on currently. But uh, just that difference in between the two edits is, is fascinating yeah. to me and how that literally the medicine comes through that. Yeah. yeah. So when you're, you know, when you're in that process, like when you were cutting DMT, you know, did you feel it seems like, you know, for someone like yourself who's sensitive, you're really kind of working with the vibration of the construct that you're that that the topic is about, you know, Absolutely. to a certain degree. Absolutely. Um, you know, just in the speed and the, and the pacing of the let's just say from Wachuma to DMT, the DMT experience being so fast and there's so much information and so many things just flying by you and you're trying to just hold on to every little bit that you have just to make yeah, sense of exactly. any of it. Um, and that was something I wanted to try to, to put in to the film, into, into DMT. I wanted people to kind of walk out like, what the fuck just happened to me? Just like you come out of a DMT experience. Right. You know, there's, it's, it's quick pacing, it's got quick intercuts. Um, and where with Wachuma, it was we slowed everything down. And being in the edit suite with that one and looking at the time lapse for, you know, for instance, we wanted to hold on this shot for a long time. Some of the shots were holding on for over a minute. You mm -hmm. know? And I think with DMT, we've got, you know, 10 frame slices in here this little thing well, you're talking, here, you're talking about like, a 12 you're talking about a 12 hour experience versus a 12 minute experience totally. <laughs> exactly. know, so, so it makes well, sense and that's, a, and that's a good point and and to into you know your original question it, working with those energies it, it's important to to try to embed that into into the pacing of it the story um the colors the every part of it because that will make i think that makes the difference i think that's what people connect to on the other side when they're actually able to watch these and Oh, okay. I've never done that, but I, I kind of get a sense of what that might mm -hmm. be, and it might just open up a pocket of interest and say, "Hey, I'll go check that out. See what that's all about." You well, know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and you can also see, you know, I think one of the things with the with the Wachuma is, you know, the the human biology is designed to 
connect with fellow humans. And I think mm-hmm. that's one reason why reality television or even any kind of acting that's really good, you know, makes such an impact on people because you that has this impact where you feel like the person on screen. Yeah, empathy, you know? right? You yeah. just have to have that empathetic and, connection. And yeah. actually in the neurobiology field, they're discovering you know, mirror neurons, which are specifically designed to mirror the feelings and experience mm-hmm. of the person that you're connecting with. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you have something like Wachuma, right? And you're watching that and you're really getting into these characters and your mirror neurons are firing as you're watching someone on Wachuma. So it's very, very similar to like you're actually on the medicine, yeah, you know? Because yeah. it's like, I am now connecting with this person. And even, you know, things that you can't describe, subtle processes that your neurons are picking up on, you know, through the mannerisms, through millions of years of evolution that you couldn't even put words to are happening. And I think that's what we're seeing with people who are watching this. And I, well, that, and then also even looking back, being on, being down there on set and having Jason and Donald, our, our camera crew, mm-hmm. they weren't under the, under, under the influence that first round. The first round. <laughs> and yeah. talking about some mirroring that's going on, they were like brought right in. Jason's like, I'm high right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm feeling it, you know, and and I think it it was just that, you know, being around that and, and just reflecting that that energy right back to them and to us, and yeah, it was it's alive, and hopefully that makes it into the media and into the stories, and people feel that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I haven't seen any of the ayahuasca footage. That's going to be really interesting for me because I remember, mm-hmm. you know, watching. We had to watch a bunch of cuts of this Wachuma, and every time I would drink the cup. You'd see my face just just shudder <laughs> thinking about it, you know, because there's that kind of reaction like, oh, shit, here we go. And, and when you actually drink, you really you set yourself almost in a trance. And Don Howard helps do that. They put you in a trance so that, you know, that whole process goes a little smoother. But when you're just, you know, bone, you know, coming off your regular beta level consciousness, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm drinking that. And you that know, much of right it. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. um, yeah. I'm excited for you to come see this next little round um, this next week. But oh, yeah, yeah. Um, totally different vibe. But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be great. <laughs> so we talked. We've talked, you know, personally and a little bit on the on the documentary about these medicines as consciousness technologies. Yeah. Um, and I go around. I give a little speech about consciousness technologies. But you know, in, in your eyes, how do you see these fitting into you know, a healthy society. Sure. Um, it's a tough one, obviously, just because of the knee-jerk reaction that's already built into society and mainly from the 60s and, and the LSD. Um, and I noticed a lot of that when I went out to pitch DMT uh, to investors. It's like, well, here, I want to make an independent doc. That's already a hard pitch, but it's about psychedelics. <sighs> People run the other way. But what I think we're starting to see, and I think this is going to be the biggest or maybe the easiest transition for some of this, is there's some very substantial healing going on. Mm -hmm. People that have post-traumatic stress that have gone through hell and are able to work through that um, or at least get a glimpse of how to work through some of that. And when that starts to happen and we start to heal some of these deep traumas, not only individually but culturally, um, I think that starts to open up the eyes a little bit and people are like, okay, um, this has never worked before. We're trying all these different things to, to heal whatever psychological ailment might be with somebody. Um, but with this medicine, 
people are getting back to some normal normalcy in their lives, whatever that is, but um, just more relaxed, comfortable, integrating these things, as Dr. Dan talks about, mm-hmm. these traumas that have been part of our lives and, and opening up to them and revealing them as opposed to shoving them down. Um, it's gonna, it's kind of a double-edged sword as far as what comes first, you know, like, okay, we're going to start sealing, seeing this healing. People are going to have to start waking up to that. And I think we're starting to see that with some of MAPS research that's mm-hmm. actually going into, you know, third round trials, I believe soon. Um, and seeing a lot of this new psychedelic research opening up and it's, it's really based around spirituality and healing. Um, and that I think is going to really help make the jump. It's, it's not going to be this frivolous, Hey, let's go out and, and get high. It's not going to, it's not going to make this sell, so yeah. to speak. And, uh, when you start having relatives and family members, uh, friends, that you can see the transformation in their eyes. It's not this, hey, I went out and did this thing, and uh, it's like, no, there's a totally different person or, or your true self kind of coming out. Um, we, This is necessary for society. I think it's giving that glimpse of how we can be a better culture and better people, better to each other, better to ourselves. So. It's going to take time. Uh, I think looking back even over the last decade when I kind of got back into the psychedelic uh, side of things, there wasn't anybody talking about DMT really back then. Joe had talked a little bit about it on a, on a show a long time ago. And besides him and Terrence, that was probably about it over a decade ago. Now we're seeing it in the New York Times and we're seeing yeah. it all over. And, and that's actually pretty substantial. Uh, a decade um, and coming around and turning that quick. Where we're having well you had a little bit to do with that um but th- but that it's it's opening up in a, in a pretty broad broad way and i think more and more people are coming to it because of the healing aspect yeah i agree and you're getting not only this kind of these stories that are like little ripples of water in a pond as one person is transformed and then people can see that around them and they take that in but you're also getting the hard science with you know as you mentioned maps the hefter institute uh, all of these different places that are putting out hard scientific data that is really difficult to refute. It's got the safety study element. Yeah. It's got all of these things. And that's that's really crucial. I think, you know, one thing that I do want to mention, though, is there's as more and more people hear about this and more and more people have transformative experiences, there's going to be people who are offering medicine who are not qualified to offer the medicine, you know, and and we keep calling it medicine, and I think that's a fair analogy. But if it's medicine, then the people who are administering it should be doctors, yeah. you know. And doesn't that, and we're following the analogy here, yeah. you know. So, so if it's medicine, the person should be doctors, and if they're, they're doctors, they need to have that, you know, great experience, that education. They have to understand, you know, the core principles of any medicine, and some of those principles are like the principle of minimum effective dose. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's something that I've seen personally in, you know, just talking to different people and, and the bad instances that I've heard is people who don't understand minimum effective dose. That was something that happened to me when I did that Cambo medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, I had yeah, a really yeah. enthusiastic, um, well-meaning, but extremely enthusiastic combo practitioner yeah. who wasn't from any traditional sense, but had done it a lot. And, you know, his body and his girlfriend's body were covered with dots. You know, they, they liked it. And they started me off with 11 points. Whereas every traditional Cambo practitioner, they're like, 11, five, it's five, yeah. it's always five. You, know, like you, don't, you don't vary from that. So wow. the principle of minimum effective dose was lost because the medicine to them 
had this kind of holy nature. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is the holy medicine. So more holy medicine will do a more holy job. Yeah. You know, and if not, that just means you needed to detox more, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's bullshit. You know, yeah. that's, that's a, a logical fallacy of confirmation bias, you know, at the end. And I think, you know, having that saying like, all right, you know, the medicine you want to give as little as possible to have an effective experience. And also to understand that everything has an LD50, like everything <laughs> becomes poison at a certain amount. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Tylenol kills 980 people a year, you know, <laughs> but it also cures a lot of fucking fevers yeah. <laughs> along the way, you know? I mean, everything, caffeine has an LD50. Caffeine will kill you. Psychedelics will kill you. Mm-hmm. Like it's not always, <laughs> it's yeah. not always medicine. It's medicine in the right dose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think people get, they get so excited about it that they forget that. That's the key right there is there, there becomes this like almost zealot nature to it. Like exactly. I have seen the light yeah. and I'm going to show everybody the fucking light. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that it's dangerous. It, it really is. And there's sure. a lot of, there are a lot of issues that are starting to come and open up with that because a lot of practitioners or people that are well-meaning trying to be practitioners, I think a lot of time and not knowing the energy mm-hmm. of that medicine and and also how how to deal with people that might be going through some very very big experiences that's where people can get lost and it's important really important for people to research if this is something that that does call you to do your research go out there and find ask questions a lot Mm -hmm. the internet is a great resource um but but just doing your due diligence right absolutely you got to and then you know, not only that, so all right, let's say you even get the dosing right, but in any good doctor, any good situation, there's pre-op and post-op. Yes. You know, this is like psychic <laughs> surgery sure. here, you know, sure. like doing ayahuasca is like getting a fucking liver transplant or something. <laughs> like, you know, old bad shit's coming out, new good shit's yeah. coming in, you know? <laughs> so if you're gonna do that, there's pre-op and post-op. You have a fucking checklist of what medications are you on? What things are you doing? And the doctor, in this case, could be a shaman or could be, just be a practitioner. Doctor looks at that, oh, is there any conflicts? Okay, you ready? All right, you're not gonna want eat anything because you might blah 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 and there's this whole pre-op right and i was psychological evaluation exactly right? not even just the meds but exactly like, where are you where are you what's going on yeah. and that's part of the dieta and part of these questionnaires that you see with a great practitioner like don howard i mean these long you know these long forms that you have to fill out and these detailed questions and then the eye of the wizard himself <laughs> as you arrive and he kind of checks you out <laughs> you know and makes sure that you know as he probes through and whatever kind of means that he has and then there's the post-op, you know, and I've seen this go, I've seen this go terribly wrong and I've seen this go, you know, really right in a, in a challenging situation. I mean, some people, even if the setting is right, the medicine is right, and I, we saw this in our last, in the last Wachuma experience, some people are in a state where they're like, they're like two tectonic plates that just one little fracking is gonna cause a major earthquake, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like any kind of, any kind of probe is gonna cause some major shift to happen. And that could be too much. So, you know, down there at Spirit Quest, we had somebody in the second Wachuma session who had that. He kind of became unglued and everybody managed the situation perfectly. And Don Howard even had one of his main guys, Ramon, who was um, stationed outside of this guy's room the entire night, set up a hammock Mm -hmm. outside his room and was there 24 hours a day in case this guy had any issues, was... You know, there was someone like there sleeping outside of his door. You know, it wasn't just like, you know, you hear in these bad ayahuasca stories where it's like, and they left, sent him back to their room and they found him two yeah, days later, yeah. you know? It was like it's there was great. someone stationed 
right there. And that's how you got to do it. Just like you would in a hospital, you know, where you have 24 seven nurses on call. If something's, you know, if something in the procedure didn't go exactly right. And I think that's what's so important. And it's also one of the reasons why you don't want to scuba dive alone and you don't want to fucking take huge psychedelics alone too. I mean, shit can happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like take this shit seriously. It can be amazing medicine. It can save, you know, it can save people may, you know, sometimes lives, but sometimes at least the life worth living. But there's there's risk. It's, it's yeah. surgery, you know. And Have that's some something respect. that people should know that the, that these things can be a slippery slope. Um, the integration afterwards, I think, is one For of the sure. biggest biggest things because when you have these huge experiences and they can be life changing and life changing to where your entire framework for reality is broken down. Yeah. And so you have to piece that thing back together. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not and this. It took me almost five years to do that with my first DMT experience. And I didn't have a context for it or a framework. And that's what I think is starting to happen. Those communities are starting to build and we're starting to say, okay, as Westerners, uh, we don't necessarily have this in our mythology, uh, but we're starting to kind of build these communities and these groups. And even the psychedelic community at large is starting to step up and be like, all right, there's some practices here that are important uh, yeah. to make sure that we don't have any major fallouts and things that, that happened back in the sixties. This isn't for everybody, but the integration part of coming back and you're like, all right, how do I understand that I just saw full fledged beings in front of me and yep. they're moving in and out of my body and, uh, cleaning me out. And I'm, it's like how, especially for a Western mind, it's yeah, not used sure. to seeing that even just that simple little bit, um, is, is huge. And it's something that needs to be paid attention to. Absolutely. So. You know, if you actually just, hammering this analogy if you actually just got surgery done you know like mm -hmm. wachuma is like kind of almost like a heart surgery you know you're opening <laughs> up your heart and then literally that that's what it feels like is your heart is open to new thoughts new feelings it's yeah. new vulnerability or whatever you know if you actually got a heart surgery in the hospital the doctor would be like all right listen no heavy running <laughs> you know like no heavy exercise yeah. keep your diet clean you know don't stress yourself don't put yeah. yourself under a bunch of stress ease back into work mm -hmm. and if you actually got heart surgery you'd be like yeah yeah yeah, got it like that makes perfect yeah. sense but you go you go do what human you're like i'm fucking superman and you hop back in and you know allow any kind of toxic situations you previously had you just fucking dive back in because you don't have that same respect that you should if it was a real surgery you know yeah. and i think that knowledge is spreading like integration is like that post-op recovery time like Give yourself a little time. And I'm not, I'm preaching to myself <laughs> yeah, more than yeah, anything. Yeah. I, fucking, <laughs> I dive into the shit sandwich head first and start swimming immediately, you know, and, and it's been challenging, especially after this last experience, because I went so deep in, yeah. the, in that ayahuasca experience. It was so heavy and I jumped back in so fast. Yeah. It's been a challenging time for me yeah. in the yeah. last, in the last few months. And that's, and, and that's exactly it. You know, like it, it, it can be difficult, not only on your psychology, but your body and every aspect. So you know, pulling back, knowing who you are, going in slow, um, it, it, it'll be worth it. <laughs> just, yeah, totally. just do it. It'll be worth it. So yeah. Totally. For sure, man. So, what else is? Uh, I know you got some other stuff going on. We're mm -hmm. we're part of the uh, part of the launch of the Wachuma. You can view it in a few places, but um, but one of them is on your new Mythify site. Yeah, um, this is exciting. We've um, you know since I released the Spirit Molecule, been thinking about what's next, right? <laughs> how do we uh, how do we make something as big and even bigger than mm -hmm. we did with that film? And uh, 
we won't hit that sophomore slump. But what, what started coming to me, and a lot of times through my psychedelic experiences, is this larger story. Um, and part of this was my own personal thing of like, how am I piecing myself back together? Wow, I just had this big experience, um, spiritual awakening in, in many ways. But how am I starting to integrate that back into my life? And so I came up with a kind of a four-part manifesto, kind of a, an integrated story where through this kind of pure state of being, you could come to that through meditation, you can come to that through psychedelics, any number of different things. Um, but we have to live in this 3D world. So how are we pulling this back? How are we growing our food? How are we treating animals? How are we treating one another? How are we pulling resources? So the next the next project that'll be coming out will be Ground to Being after the Aya, Aya mm-hmm. film that we're putting out. Um, and then moving on to how are we celebrating that? How are we celebrating that sense of being and being in this world in this amazing space that we Burning have? Burning man, right? bitches. Burning man, right? <laughs> and you know, music and art and anything that's expressive. You know, how many times? How many people want to express but don't get the opportunity yeah. to? It's like, man, go do it. And the last part is really going to this conduit and how are we sharing our stories so I saw this as kind of a big overarching narrative each one of these different sections having a particular documentary to it but putting together an interactive experience um, that you know you could see on every screen from your mobile device um, ultimately all the way to the television and having a socially conscious kind of narrative built around the human story how are we redefining who we are as a human species Mm -hmm. and how can we do this in in a responsible way in a healthy way in a happy way that is not just for one individual, but for for hopefully all of us on the planet. Um, And it can also open up to this new emerging culture um, and these new technologies that are opening up to to help us kind of lube that transition because we are going through a major shift in consciousness. Um, But it's not going to all happen overnight and it's not going to happen to every individual around the planet overnight. So it's a process. Um, And we, we wanted to come up with a platform that gave a space for people to come in and explore that and, and feel safe. And so the new site, beta site is there. The new site will be launching uh, later this year. So we're really excited about that. And um, it's going to also have an open source aspect. So similar to what we're doing with um, with the Wachuma and the mm-hmm. Aya film here is putting out the media, putting out not just the hour film or the 45 minute or hour and a half film, but all this other content that I think helps tell the story on a bigger, broader level. Mm-hmm. Putting that into the hands of our networks, our fans, and letting them make their own stories out of mm-hmm. it and sharing it with the world. That This thing starts to splinter, and, and we, we really feel like that open source to media gives people an opportunity to come participate in that story. So yeah. that's kind of what we're, what we're pushing towards, and we've been building the last three years and, and ready to get it out this year. So... Super excited. That's awesome, man. All right, I'm going to finish with two questions. Um, and they're <laughs> questions, you know, people have heard, but I'm interested to ask you, Mitch. If you could have a conversation with three people, any three people from the history of the world, mm. the whole mm. history of the world, who would they be? Um, the first one would, and I, I don't know if it's an individual necessarily, but what was that transition from our evolutionary predecessor to humanity or so you want to talk to the aliens i already talked to them (laughs) in fact they're the ones that asked me to come here today oh oh, okay yeah yeah (laughs) no but what was that what was that transition from our our ancestors our uh you might try and talk to that person and they might try to eat you fight you or fuck you that's That's fine (laughs) yeah go ahead (laughs) 
Hold my own sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to scrap, dog? I know jujitsu, motherfucker. You know jujitsu? I, I doubt I know it. Aubrey. It's like, you got my back over here. <laughs> um, I've just always been fascinated with like, what that evolutionary process is and how we became this thing called human, right? Uh-huh. What is that? And so I've wanted to kind of go back into that space. Uh, somebody else, Tesla, one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, still blown away by this man his his insights in a lot of the horrible things that i think actually happened to him but his stick to itiveness and his like this is what i'm doing and you may not understand what it is and there's probably still a lot of science that doesn't understand some of that technology but a fascinating character to me in history um that's two huh mm, got one more mm, yeah one more one more go deep i've already talked to a this person yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's actually sitting on the couch back there <laughs> uh, Steve McDonald yeah my business partner so he'd be that third person and so I get a regular conversation with him and he helps right me navigate on. the others <laughs> <Right on. laughs> yeah that's awesome man yeah uh, and, and a question that you asked enough people ah, the, you're flipping it back on me I love it okay. yeah 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 you could provide one message to all the billions of people on the world at the same time, what would it be? I would say open up to the possibilities that there is more than just human intelligence on this planet. Um, And that can come through not only other animals, but plant life. I think also getting a broader sense or trying to open up to a broader sense of who we are um, and that means like even even that shot from space looking back at planet Earth when we first jumped out to the moon. That kind of ideal and that that <gasps> wow, mm-hmm. it's just this little blue thing floating out in big space. Um, I think it's important for us to to pull back and even start looking up. You know, Joe said this and, and that simple bit of looking up at the sky can can have a profound effect on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also humble you in a way that can help direct your life so i would say open up to these larger possibilities of intelligence um and energies around you as well as uh humbling you know looking up and humbling ourselves yeah right on my brother yeah well (laughs) everybody out there please check out our new documentary uh you can you can view it at mythify.com m-y-t-h-a-p-h-i dot com (laughs) or go to a very cute little domain that i have set up temporarily it's aubrey mark m-a-r-c dot u-s (laughs) (laughs) um and and you can see it there as well just put in your email you can watch it for free if you want to download it there's also a link there too and it's two bucks if you want to download it and And keep it packages of all these wonderful time lapse and you got some time lapse and aerial footage packages on there too that you can play around with so please check that out Check Mitch out as well and uh, keep an eye on the Mythify site because there's going to be some good shit coming out. (laughs) Much love, people. Catch up again soon. Thanks. Peace. Peace.